hope you're feeling good. I hope you're feeling great. Welcome to the podcast, the Rock the Mad podcast. Yeah, yo. In today's episode, we're going to talk some NBA conference finals. We're going to discuss that with my boy Ian from the podcast Vibes and Stuff. Feel free to check that out on Anchor as well. Also, we're going to preview the NBA Finals and our predictions on who's going to win the NBA Finals. Also, in media stuff, we're going to talk about Roseanne Barr. And last but not least, we're going to talk about the hip-hop doctor. You're wondering who I'm talking about when I say the hip-hop doctor. Well, we're going to have that for you as well. And last but not least, I have a surprise for you. You heard it here first in our last segment, I'm Just Saying. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Gets the basket, but an incredible display by LeBron James. Mama, there goes that man. And they're going to look at flagrant foul here. Hello? Welcome to the Rock Podcast. I got my boy Ian Ray in the building from Vibes and Stuff Podcast. What's up, man? Man, what's going on? Good Good to be on the show, man. Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Hello. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there hey, we go. Hey, what's going on, man? What's Good going to be on, on the show, man? man? Hey, man, appreciate you stopping through, man. Man, not a problem, man. Anytime, man. <laughs> so, we go get right into it. Uh, I just actually sh- got the showed the highlight to that last play in the Eastern Conference Finals when LeBron went up for that and one and flexed in front of the Celtics crowd. And uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, but before we get to that, I'm just going to mention the top three reasons why LeBron James' run to the NBA Finals this year was not his toughest. All right, so you let's, ready? Let's, let's, let's get it in. I mean, it, I, I'm sure there are reasons a lot of people have or a few people have already highlighted already, but but yeah, man, let's get into it, man. But what were your three reasons? All right, my three reasons. Number one is the competition. All right. Um, if you looked at the first round, they had there was an Indiana team that was scrappy that has one player that has the potential to be a multiple all-star in the future and and Victor Oladipo. Nobody expected Victor Oladipo to be this good this year. And he no, he impressed I- me. Yeah, not at all. After that trade, it, and myself included, it was a lot of people were saying it was a wrap for Indiana. Like they were in a yeah. rebuild process, and yeah, we nobody saw this coming. <clears throat> exactly. Uh, but but they did have they did have my boy Lance Stevenson. 
<laughs> Lance will make him dance, right? Lance will make him dance, man. <laughs> Hey, hey, the GOAT, baby. That's the, the GOAT, GOAT right there. The That's GOAT, the true man. GOAT. That's the true GOAT. I love me some Lance Stevenson, uh, all the antics that he put on in game one. You know what? And that was – I felt like that was one of the biggest reasons why they lost game seven was because in the first half, if you remember, Lance Stevenson came in on fire. And then uh, Coach took him out and didn't put him back in the game for the rest of the game. Yeah. People needed another score out there. And I feel like I know Lance Stevenson can be a high risk, high reward type player, but the man can he he can he can score on offense and he's not afraid to take the challenge offensively like most of the other players were on Indiana that was kind of limited offensively. Uh Bogdanovic, you know, he had one big game in the series, but no yeah. one was sold on that performance. So you know, yeah, but he I, wasn't I just, Bogdanovich, he he wasn't he was he he's not that man, you know. What I mean? No, he's not. He's not. He's simply not. And so that's, you know, I felt like, you know, and then and then going into Toronto, I felt like, you know, Toronto was already after game one. I felt like that series was over after they missed all those crips at the end of the uh, fourth quarter when they could have won the game and took control of the series when they lost that series and over that game in overtime. It was a wrap for series, that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Series was over then. I really thought the series was over before it started, personally. LeBron has Toronto's number, man. And, like, they're so – even when you listen to them in interviews, man, they're just they're just perfectly resigned to losing to him. You know, like, DeMar DeRozan made the comment last year. It was the last year before, oh, well, anybody would have lost if, if you would play – if the other team had LeBron James. You know, and then in this series, he was like, you know, in his post post interview, he was like, oh, well, you know, I guess LeBron just got our number, you know, and it's like, dude, man, you y'all the number one seed. OK, mm-hmm. one seed, you got home court advantage. You got the weapons to put them away. But I think mentally, mentally and emotionally, they're just not over that LeBron hump yet. Which right. Because like, yo, man, you're supposed to compete, man. You telling yeah. me you telling me the Indiana Pacers with, with, with their limited potential. Could 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 force a game seven with LeBron James, the 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 Boston Celtics who are young and missing their two best players could force a game seven, but y'all get swept. Mm-hmm. The home court advantage, y'all. No excuses. <laughs> no excuses for Toronto. Not one game, you know, like you know, and then uh, um, I, I I just I've always hated Toronto. I'm gonna continue to hate Toronto. I hate Drake. <laughs> I hate everything about. It. <laughs> we hey. know, you know, we we say that for vibes and stuff, man. Say that for vibes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 I'm, blow, I'm blowing my load too much right here, man. I'm I'm, I'm giving away too much, but I, I just hate Toronto, man. I hate the I hate the I don't hate the city of Toronto. I hate the Raptors. I hate Drake. I hate the fan base. We the six. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. We the yeah. we the six. We the north. Man, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here with that. You cannot squeeze out one right. game. One game? Uh-huh. They, they, I, I read yeah. a statistic that said that Toronto getting swept, they were the first number one seed to get swept in the NBA Finals in 50 years. Ooh. Wow. 50 years. That's heavy. That's heavy. That's heavy. And I felt like Dwayne Casey shouldn't have got fired, but that's another story for another day. I thought Dwayne Casey did the best he could with that roster that that the general management had rewarded him with was a bunch of cowards that don't know how to um, respond in the big moments. 
that's not on Dwayne Casey, man. That's just the that that's just saying that you don't have the talent that's good enough to to beat LeBron James and well, whoever team he's on. They need a heart um, because transplant, man. That, they need a heart transplant. And I, I thought I thought yeah. them getting Ibaka was going to help out a little bit with that, but it, it didn't. No, it didn't. No. And, and and Game of Zone said it best. I'm here to stop LeBron James sometimes. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> that's what he's there for, to stop LeBron James sometimes, but not all the time. You need somebody that's going to put that pressure on LeBron James throughout the whole series. They don't, they don't have none of that. They, they had a solid bench, but they just didn't have enough. And then getting to Boston, you know, I felt like, Many people didn't have Boston going past Philly. I know I didn't. I, I do to be quite honest. I didn't have them going past Milwaukee. You know, I oh, okay. I thought that after after Kyrie, after of course Hayward and Kyrie went down, I'm like, okay, they still good doing good to have the number two seed or whatever. But Milwaukee's going to get in here. They're going to make some noise, and Giannis is right. going to go off and get forty points a game, and he's gonna he's gonna get Milwaukee over that that their little playoff hump. That's what I thought was going to happen. But they yeah. and it was, was a slug fest. It was close. It went to seven games too, um, right? But I actually had six and even games. in a Philly series, it was close. Um, even though they finished them in five, all the games were close. It could have went either way. Right, right. And to be honest, man, I, I predicted when the when the Celtics got Cleveland in the in the third round, I honestly predicted Cleveland in a sweep because just for the yeah. fact of all their missing star power. You know what I mean? Right. I didn't think they would get embarrassed. I think the games – I thought the games would have been close, but I did not see this going to seven games. Yeah, I had predicted it to go seven, but I had the Celtics winning the series. Unfortunately, I was wrong. But uh, the with the thing – this that's just – just us talking about this, it validates our point about the level of competition. We didn't go into these series expecting LeBron James to struggle. And so that's why I say this is not his toughest uh, NBA task. And then that goes into my next point, number two, my second reason as to why this wasn't the toughest stretch for LeBron, the toughest, you know, journey to the finals for LeBron was people overrate the value of his – well, they they overrate the value that his teammates don't help him out enough. There, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm just gonna correct everybody on, just, on this point. There were, true, the talent around him is, is, is decent, but as I recall, when they first made this trade with Isaiah Thomas and and Derrick Rose and and Dwayne Wade and yeah. all them, and they all they got Jordan Clarkson, they got Jordan uh, uh, Rodney Hood, they got George Hill, they got uh, Lance Larry Nance Jr. That first game against the Celtics, that that was like fresh after the trade. They played the Celtics on the road, regular season game, and they blew. And what was the what was the narrative after that? Oh, Le- LeBron finally got his team. He finally got yep. the team he looks for. He he's got all of these uh, good pieces. Now they're gonna make a huge run into the into the playoffs. And then, then they Quick. get there. How quickly we forget, and we, we yeah. get there, and all of a sudden, oh, well, right. you know, what do you expect LeBron to do with this group? I mean, you know, he, yeah, exactly. he, he's, he's the GOAT for just getting them to the, just dragging them to the finals, man. Exactly. You know, and it's, it's, it's so disrespectful. It's like LeBron stands can't have it both ways. You can't, when he wins, you can't say, like, he's the GOAT. And then when he loses, put it all on the other guys. Like exactly. Oh, if Kevin Love would have just stepped up, if, if so-and-so would have just stepped up, you know, it's – 
you can't have it both ways, man. And I'm glad you mentioned Kevin Love. The reason why is because, yeah, he got hurt in game, you know, game six uh, against Boston and he couldn't play in game seven. But if it wasn't for Kevin Love, they wouldn't have got past Indiana. Uh, when LeBron had his cramp, uh, LeCramp had his cramp uh, <laughs> in, in the fourth quarter and was out for eight minutes, the game was close. They, I mean, the, the Indiana Pacers were down in the first half. They came back, tied the game at one point in the third quarter. And then I think they went down by like two or something like that. And then that was when LeBron had the LeCramps, went to the locker room, and Kevin Love hit three back-to-back three-pointers where and now they're up by double digits again. And by the time LeBron came back later on in the fourth quarter, he basically sealed the deal. I mean, it's like at that point, it's like you're at, you're at the Cleveland Cavaliers' mercy if you let allow the others to have great, great performances and then lead, takes off away from LeBron. And then on top of that, Toronto series, Kevin Love was averaging a double-double in that series. So, yeah, I mean, come on, toughest? That was, that was tough when you got another player, another all-star that's putting up double-doubles in the second half? That's tough? And then you got the Celtics, who, by the way, have no all-stars except Al Horford, old man game Al Horford, who – <laughs> you know, was was inconsistent the whole series, and you had. To, and this is another thing that's kind of got swept under the rug with Boston, is that Jalen Brown had a very inconsistent, poor series. I thought Jalen Brown could have played better, um, but Jason Tatum was really the only one that showed up consistently for Boston the whole series. Yeah, yeah. And, and was, Marcus Smart was very good in that series too. Marcus Smart showed up. Ro- Rozier was spotty. You know, he oh has Rozier. He showed yeah, up, but then like game, I think it was game six and seven. He was game seven, yeah, yeah. He yep. was kind of non-existent, man. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I just, I, I, I'm just so sick of the LeBron stands right now. Just, I mean, yeah, he ain't Mike, man. Let's just, <laughs> no. and, that, and it's okay. No. It's okay, he doesn't have to be Mike. You know what I mean? Like, like he's good for his time, and 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 that's enough right there. You know what I mean? You know, but it, it but it's also disrespectful to you're just gonna leapfrog everybody else because you want to have a hot take on, yeah. on the sports networks. What what ha- whatever happened to Kobe? Whatever happened to Tim Duncan? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. If if uh, if rings don't matter, uh, or or the amount of rings don't matter, then what about Paul Pierce? Uh, you know, right. Kevin Garnett or you got to throw all these other guys in, right? Right, you got to throw them in too. Yeah. So yeah. You know, it's just they just want to have a hot take, man. And like, don't get me wrong, LeBron's a beast and everything. He's he's putting up very impressive numbers, man. But he's just he don't got that dog in him, man. He don't got that dog in him. And I don't, I don't, I don't like how I I, I don't like the fake camaraderie. We're all gonna show up to the stadium wearing the same suit. You know, all the suits. Yeah, the, suit? <laughs> the match suits, man. What is up with that? Hey, well, it didn't work because they never won a game when they did that before games. So. The little suits wasn't working. It was. I I was hoping that he wore the suits before Game Seven against the Celtics, but he didn't. I think he's caught on to the, the fact that whenever they wear those, yeah, they, terrible... they, got, the, they got bad mojo, man. They got the curse yeah. of the raggedy man. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, uh, that that was that was a second reason. You know, the the, the not number one, the level of competition, number two. The, the the others did show up at the right time 
And then, uh, last but not least, the reason why this is, wasn't LeBron's toughest uh, trip to the NBA Finals, I mean, are we just going to ignore what he did in 07? I feel like in 07, he went up against a Detroit Piston team that was dominating the East for years before LeBron reached his prime, and he took that team to the NBA Finals, One of actually one of the worst teams people was – Cleveland fans would really be quick to say that LeBron took the worst team ever to the NBA Finals. And then now they're turning around and saying, oh, this is the worst team ever that he took to the NBA Finals. And I'm like, no, look who they beat. Look who they beat. Well, in in, in, in that defense, though, that that Detroit team was kind of on their last leg. They they kind of reached their peak in like 04, 03. They won that little that championship against Kobe, mm-hmm. and after that, they were just kind of they 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 kind of plateaued. They were they were kind of on a decline. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why LeBron was able to to kind of catch them slipping that year. Mm-hmm. And 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 I agree with that. I I do think that, but I think it is on the list of his toughest because I feel like that was more tough because of the fact that you know even though they didn't have Ben Wallace that year, people forget Chris Webber was actually the center on that squad. They didn't have no block mm. shooting, so that allowed the uh, LeBron James to get all those layups in Game Five. Um, but also another, uh, here was another back against the wall year for LeBron. It was 2012. They were down three two to the Celtics. Yeah, Paul Pierce hit that game winner in Game Five in Miami. Had to come back to Boston to win Game Six. And to me, this was a Boston team that was owning LeBron James. Up until that, they beat they they beat Boston in 2011, but Rondo got hurt in that series, so I don't really count that. But this this year, that 2012 Boston team, that was that farewell Boston team that was that still had dog in them, but they just didn't. They wasn't the same Boston team from 08, but they still had a lot of dog in them left, and they were trying to make that last run because they knew all those guys like Paul Pierce and Garnett. The following year, they ended up getting traded, so they was trying to pull off one more last hurrah. And they had LeBron James in the corner, and LeBron turned into a pit bull. And yeah, won. I remember, I remember that series, man, because I, I remember being at the hotel I was staying at for the for the district convention at the time. Uh-huh. Well, I running back to the hotel to watch that game, and being upset about LeBron like just turning it on, man, and and knocking the Celtics off. I, I remember that. Right. Yep. Yep. And that was tough. That was a very tough task. And but it, but he had Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. Yeah, Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. Now, also 2015. Now, now the, the, even that, even then, I, I feel like in Game Six of that series, Wade had a decent game. Bosh was okay. I just, I mean, LeBron dominated that game. Like it was just that game was strictly all LeBron, and that was like. That that made me respect him a little bit more after that. You know, it, it, he showed – went from that game, I felt like they were going to win a championship that year. I think LeBron was going to win his first title after what he did to, to the Celtics because I was like, man, that he's starting to get that. He's starting to get it. He's getting that killer instinct. He's finally getting it. it. It's supposed to happen in the fourth quarter, not during the pace of the game, but finally taking over in the fourth quarter like Kobe did, like Jordan did, like Hakeem Olajuwon did, like all those other – Great players have done in the past, Duncan. So um, that's what we was looking for, and we got it. And then 2015, um, I'm gonna throw this one in there. 
as a tough task because Kyrie Irving got hurt against the Bulls. Me and you can relate to this series when Derrick Rose uh, hit the game winner in game um, two of that series. Yeah. Hit the game winner in game two of that series. Ky- uh, Kevin Love got his, uh, his arm broken in the first round. Kyrie Irving couldn't barely play against the, against the Bulls in, in the second series. The third series, he Kyrie wasn't one hundred percent, and then against Golden State, it was just like they all—he almost beat Golden State without Kyrie Irving or uh, Kevin Love. I thought that was even more impressive. I just feel yeah, like- when when he when he took it to six games, man. Yeah, you, you keep bringing up like an interesting, interesting point. point. Um, Kevin Love keeps getting injured, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's a glass I man. Like as he had like one full healthy. Regular season and postseason, like, has he strung two of those together yet? I would have to look that up, but I don't think so. He's always hurt. I don't think he's played a full 82-game season in his career yet. He's a glass man, dude. Unless it's early when he was with Minnesota. Maybe, I'm, I'm talking about since he's been with LeBron. Because he's been with LeBron. Oh, no, no. Because I guess you could say the analytics would dictate that, like, you pair him off with another star, he should be hurt less. Right. You know, maybe the clock is just ticking on that dude, man. But he seems to be like a glass man. Yeah. Yeah, he's Mr. Glass. He's definitely Mr. Glass. And speaking of Mr. Glass, uh, someone chose to be Mr. Glass at the wrong time. And that someone is Kyrie Irving because he did not show up to game seven against I have a theory. the Cavaliers. What's your theory on that? I have a theory. I think... I think he in his heart now he he came out with a statement saying he was having some sort of procedure done that day, like a nasal something. Yeah, nasal surgery. That's yeah. what it's like it's like come on, dude. You 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 made millions of dollars. You telling me you couldn't reschedule that surgery? <laughs> Amen to that. You know he he ain't like one of us where we if we cancel on the doctor they're still gonna charge us and, and we gotta show mm-hmm. up. Like, right. like you could have moved that. You know what I mean? Your team is playing game seven of the conference finals, and you cannot be there. Gordon Hayward was there. Yeah. Yeah, Gordon was there. I have a theory, though. I think I think Kyrie was scared that if the Celtics were going to win, or, or won, which they looked like they had a very good chance to do it. Oh, they did. I, like a, I think I read the, the statistics. They had like a 64% chance with Vegas of winning that series. Right. But I think he it would have been so hard for him to swallow – and they have to eat crow at that game. Have they won? Oh yeah, that Eastern Conference Finals without him, because mm-hmm. at that point you're now trade bait. Exactly, because you got Terry Rozier coming, and you know, and he. I don't think he was he would he had it in him to to grin and bear it, man. Like yeah, you know, yep. I, don't, I, I think it would have been I think it would have been too embarrassing for him to 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 have to sit through that, man. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like. He had he had a Jason Kidd moment. Remember when Jason Kidd was coaching and he told uh, one of his players to bump him because he had had no more timeouts left. And yeah, he had yeah. A so he's pop or something in his yeah, hand. Yeah, he spilled and he the Gatorade on the floor, and he timeout because the refs had to stop the, the 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 game so that the mop boys can mop up the spot. I just felt like he's like, oh, you know what? Oh. This, you know, he's all into the series. He's on the bench. He's cheering on his team. And then all of a sudden, oh, oh you know what? Oh, 
that 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 my nose, my nose is is I I can't breathe. I can't breathe. <laughs> Doctors, I need help. Uh, I, I want to get this done, but um, you know what? Game seven, I, I I can miss that. I can miss that. I just watch it from the uh surgery room, and you know my I'll be there in spirit. It's like you know that's how they think, but. <laughs> It's like, come on, come on, Kyrie, man. You could have waited till after Game Seven to get that done, man. Yeah, get come get on, out dude. of here, that man. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not buying that one. You could, you can, you can get this surgery on no other day, right? <laughs> All right. So moving on to the Western Conference, um, mm. we're gonna go over the top uh, three reasons why. Well, we, we ain't gonna do top three, but uh, a lot of people are. I, I'm kind of like breeze through social media the reaction after that game and a lot of the dominating reaction to that game was people were blaming the refs for the reason why the Rockets lost game seven and I disagree with that highly I disagree too but you know there were some calls that were missed Chris Webber highlighted it very strongly uh, it was a couple of touch fouls that James Harden didn't get on a few of the threes and then the, the uh, moving pick on Jordan Bell that the refs looked at like they were on, uh, if you zoomed in, uh, it looked like one ref was waiting for the ref to make the call, and he didn't make the call, and the ref kind of looked at him like, oh, I thought you were going to make that call. So, uh, I mean, it definitely was a moving pick. I mean, that was so obvious. But I don't think even that would have changed the momentum of what was going on in the quarter. Yeah, we and we forget the 11-point run Steph Curry went on too like the rest exactly. nothing to do with that yeah and you the know, refs don't have nothing to do with missing 27 straight three-pointers man yeah yeah it was and it was what 14 in the fourth quarter or something like that 14 they missed 14 in the fourth quarter yeah they didn't hit their first three until like late fourth quarter man yeah yeah the and refs ain't had nothing tucker that hit that three i mean like you know it, it's something to be said about the 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 way uh, Chris Paul facilitates the offense for that team. Yeah. You know, I, I think him and D'Antoni are like the perfect combination, man. Uh, you know, point guard and coach, you know, because really the, mm-hmm. the point guard is the, uh, the – he's the extension of the coach on the on the floor. Um, yeah. You know, so missing him was a, was a big mark against them. You know, once Chris Paul went down, I, I knew it was over. Yeah, I did too. I, I did too because I felt like Chris Paul was the reason why they were up five. I'd be up three two. You know, and, Chris uh, Paul is the reason they they got past the. Uh, in my opinion, they got past the Jazz. Yeah, Harden didn't show up in that series either. It was all Chris Paul. I mean, he had Harden had a good game one, and then Donovan Mitchell took over game two, and then Chris Paul took it over from there. I mean, he was big in that series, and and then on top of that. Uh, I felt like Chris Paul would have slowed the game down. They needed a floor general, and that team lacked a floor general. And it showed you um, that I didn't realize this, but they really didn't have a backup point guard. I know James Harden was running point the year before Chris Paul got there, but I think that management came back to bite them in the butt when they didn't really look for somebody to back up Chris Paul. You have a veteran point guard that you just picked up that has a history of being hurt, why wouldn't you go and get a backup point guard just in case something bad happens? That's true. Especially considering uh Chris Paul's age. Like Exactly. 
you know, he's he's my age. I think he's like 33, 34. Right. Or something. That's like so. get that's like going after Drew Brees. Like the Bears go after Drew Brees, they get him, but they don't have a backup quarterback for him. And Drew Brees is like on the verge. I'm sure he's like one hit away from being retired. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, he's a he's a couple of sacks away from uh, from the sidelines, man. Exactly. So you gotta have a backup point guard. You gotta have somebody that can be a floor general if your starting point guard gets hurt. I mean, look look at what happened with uh, Golden State has that. If Steph Curry gets hurt, they will put an Andre Iguodala at point, or they will have uh, Sean Livingston start at point. So in Boston. They, yeah, and look at Boston. Terry Rozier coming off the bench in case Kyrie Irving gets hurt. Terry Rozier was putting up triple doubles in some of those games. Like, you need somebody to back up Chris Paul. And yeah, I, I think too they they um and I, I had a feeling when they made the trade for Chris Paul, I think they gave up a little bit too much in that trade, man. They, they shouldn't have gave up Patrick Beverly. Yeah, they shouldn't have. That would have been a perfect backup uh for the for the Rockets. I know I know Patrick got hurt this year, but but still, you giving away too much leverage. It was a lot of point guards. I, re- I remember watching Jalen and Jacoby earlier in the season uh, of this past season. That's, that's my show right there. Man. I love that show, man. <laughs> and Jalen um, put up a, a list of players, and I don't remember it, the players that were on that list, but there was a list of free agents that were, you was like scratching your head, like why are they not on anybody's team right now? You know, so and I'm sure it was a few point guards on that list that that the Rockets could have picked up. I mean, I know they went and got signed Green. Um, yeah, I think uh, Ty Lawson wasn't Ty Lawson one of them. Ty Ty Lawson was on the list. Yeah, they could have signed Ty Lawson. I know he's a drunk drunkard and, and alcoholic and reviler and yeah, right, wait, wait, and, and things he that he does will not inherit God's kingdom. But I he's mean, a, he, he's a blasphemer. Too. <laughs> yes, he's a blasphemer. He's an idolater, a fornicator. <laughs> Uh, but hey, he's he, a backup point guard. That's gives himself up to loose conduct. Yeah, <laughs> brazen acts of forms of loose conduct. That's what he is. But the man can play some basketball. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so you you could have did that. You know, uh, but it it was some people. It was leads my next question too. Uh, we talked about management with the Rockets and on top. Uh, I always want to ask you about Mike D'Antoni. Do you think Mike D'Antoni will ever win an NBA championship? Sure, if LeBron James gets on his team, <laughs> I I think so too. I mean, it's a it's a good chance because you know, you know if they if they fire yeah. Steve Kerr and go and, and hire him, he can, he can get he can win a championship. That's true too. That's true too. So uh, there's a lot of things, a lot of factors play into this. I think, um, but it, but it, you it, know it, what? I I think I I. I I think Brad Stevens has a better chance of winning a chip before Dan Tony because see every team that Dan Tony coached that was successful had at least two really good all stars or, or hall, future Hall of Famers on it to make his system run the way he wanted it to run. Whereas Brad Stevens, he just makes it work with whatever he has. Yeah, yeah, and, that's true. And with that's Dan Tony, it's like what are re- what really are the chances that you're gonna you know, you're going to win that that lottery, so to speak, and get two all-star players like that on the same squad that are of, of, offensively proficient enough to run your your uh, uh, system, basically. Right. And, and and on top, I just feel like I feel like Mike D'Antoni. I know he doesn't care about defense, but I feel like the adjusting another adjustment that Mike D'Antoni needs to make is he needs to hire a defensive coach. 
like when Doc Rivers was in Boston, he had Tom Thibodeau as his assistant, and he gave Tom Thibodeau all the rights to the defense. It's like, Tom, you focus on the defense, I get the offense going. And I, I and since Mike D'Antoni don't really care about defense, would it hurt to go after a defensive guru? That's and I'm sure there's some some upcoming assistant coaches out there that, you know stress defense or coaches that that have gotten fired that were defensive oriented coaches like do so or, or even have more experienced coaches um that have had experience in taking other teams to the playoffs and were and had an identity their teams had an identity as being defensive i, I just i think that's an adjustment i think mike d'antoni could make and he could possibly again like you said with a few other additional players um, to go on top of if Chris Paul comes back and James Harden is going to be there, like to 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 build some build a nice talented team that's good enough, not just based off analytics, but the 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 heart factor, you know what I mean, so that they can uh, challenge the Golden State Warriors because the Warriors not going nowhere; they're still in their prime. Yeah, you're right. They still they're still in their prime. Like if they could if they could keep being able to afford their main core, I mean, dude, they could they could run the NBA for another five six years, man. It's it's just gonna be like that skit on Bleacher Report where they they gonna they gonna run out of fingers for all the rings they gonna get. <laughs> yep, that good cartoon. Yeah, I mean, the, the goatee is gonna turn the evil goatee is gonna turn into beards, man. This is gonna. They're going to be basking in the sun, man, just waiting on the next challenger, and they're going to knock them out, and they're going to bask in the sun another year, wait for the next challenger. It's, it's going to be stir and repeat for the NBA for the next couple of years. If, 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 the, if Boston – I think Boston is coming, but all these other squads, like they're, they're, in, they're building their teams to beat Golden State. So – but all these other teams, Danny Ainge is taking the smart approach. He's saying, you know what? I'm just going to stack, 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 stack. And once all of these guys get in their prime, we're going to be the new Golden State. So I, I like what Danny Ainge is doing in comparison to other GMs in, in the league because he's building that team for success in the future. And, and other GMs need to take note, too, because, like, another, another disturbing trend I see is GMs okaying these, like, I call them like bend over and take it trades. Yeah. Oh man, like, horrible trades, man. To just oh. give LeBron whatever tools he needs to to to, to get to the finals, man. It's like, yeah. you know, who would it took? What what did Miami give up for for uh they, they were they were involved in that three team trade right with Denver where they were able to unload um uh they were able to unload Derrick Rose and um. What's the other guy? Jay Crowder, Dwayne Wade, but like yeah, Miami, the- Utah was involved. Utah picked up Crowder and Rose. They let Rose go right away because they knew Rose wasn't going to play in Utah, and and then Dwayne Wade just agreed to get sent to Miami. I don't did they get anything in return from Miami though? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think the Miami got anything in return. But Rodney Hood got sent over. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, George George Hill was in Sacramento, right? Just chilling. Yeah. They picked him up. Uh, so yeah, it was. 
and then they were able to get you know keep that draft pick that turned out to be a tenth pick. So I don't you know. It's like the West, the Western Conference GMs. They seem to want to compete, you know. Yeah. But these Eastern Conference GMs, man, like, like for instance, the 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 like I like we we touched on it, but the Paul George Oladipo trade. Yeah. 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 I mean, it worked out for Indiana, but who who really thought that one was going to work out? I didn't think it was going to work out for 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 Indiana at all. You know, another one, not that New York was hitting on anything anyway, but when they traded Melo. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't get anything either. You know, with the exception of Boston, nobody, nobody in the East is really trying to compete. They're just there. They're just like, yeah, we only won forty-two games, but uh, we're the number, we're the number three seed, I guess. <laughs> I guess, yeah, exactly. They just, they just settle. They just settle. But that, that's a good topic because I'm, I'm gonna definitely um, talk about that in the near future. It's just these, these NBA teams. I don't know what they're doing, and I know, I, I know. Golden State got every team in the NBA with a gun to their head, like hurry up and do something to be better than us. But these GMs are not doing it the right way, and there's only a few of them that are doing it the right way. And, uh, you know, it's it's not turning out well for them at all. They're just at a stalemate. They're just, you know, not selling tickets. They're, they're only going to sell tickets if LeBron comes to town or Golden State comes to town, and that's it. You know, no parody like in the NHL where you got an expansion hockey team that's about to win a trophy this year, possibly. You know, after the Blackhawks, you know, even when the Blackhawks were dominating, it was every other year. It wasn't like every year Blackhawks was dominating. There was always a different team winning. Baseball, the same thing. Every That's true. There's a different team winning every year. Even in football, playing about the Patriots, but the, but the football has had its share of parity at times where we had different teams playing in the Super Bowl. But, you know. Yeah, but it wasn't always the same. Too. It wasn't always the same. It's not like the NBA at all. Right. You're getting the same teams four years in a row or you're getting the same superstars in the finals every year. Right, and even with football, it, it switches back and forth. Remember, right. remember the when the Buffalo Bills went four years in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. You know, and and Buffalo was just so superior in that. In the, back then, the AFC was so garbage. They were so superior in the AFC that it really wasn't no team touching them. Um, and then once all those AFC teams were just spending those four years trying to build and build to beat the Bills. Then they finally got off the hump, and you had Pittsburgh beating them and, and a few other teams later on. So, like, it's going to take some time. People just got to be patient and just watch the, <laughs> watch the NBA Finals. I know it's Cleveland. I know it's, it's, it's Golden State again. But let, I mean, let, I'm a, let, let, let Cleveland I'm a, win game one, and everybody's going to be watching. <laughs> of course, of course. I'm, I know I'm going to support – I'm because I'm a basketball fan. It's like just because the Bulls suck doesn't mean I'm not a fan of basketball no more. I'm a I'm gonna still be sitting right there watching it. You know what I mean? Root, rooting for Golden State. You know, mm-hmm. just to shut up all the LeBron stands. You know, exactly. It, it's it's uh yeah some something else has got a has got a pop man like it, it's. I mean, as it stands right now, we don't know what LeBron's going to do in free agency, but it could very well be the sa- same deal next year. Yeah, it could. It could, you it know, because because LeBron wants no parts. He wants no parts of the Western Conference. I can guarantee you that. Oh no, no, he wants his path nice and smooth. 
Because <laughs> if he go that west, it's gonna be it's gonna be curtains. <laughs> it's gonna get real. It's gonna yeah. get real. It's, it's like you said, Utah is gonna come up, Minnesota is gonna come up, um the Pelicans all of a sudden, you know, they banged. They had the Marcus Cousins, boy. Whew. That, that they would have been a problem. They kicked but, Portland's teeth in, dude. Like oof. I didn't I did not see that coming. I didn't see that coming either. That was another series that shocked me. I, I didn't. I had. I actually had the Pelicans winning that series, but in seven or six. But Portland just man, I, I, they they game plan well for Portland. I think it was more the game plan than them actually being better than Portland. They just game plan well for them, and it was just styles make matchups. I think Pelicans just had a different style that Portland Portland wasn't used to. I feel like if Portland would have played OKC. Uh, uh, Utah or some some other teams, I think Portland would have had a better series. I just Pelicans was just a bad matchup for them. Yeah, yeah they didn't have anybody in the paint that could guard. Uh, they had Nurkic at center, and this dude is slow as rocks. And uh, <laughs> he know. he run he run up the court like he got yeah. Tim. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Tim. He got the uh, come on, man. Like this, <laughs> the, you got this man. Trying to chase after a seven foot one gazelle and and Anthony Davis. Oh no, that man was catching. He, he at least caught seven oops a game in that series, man. It was it was bad. It was so bad. And then Drew Holiday resurrected himself from the dead. Had a great yeah, series. Day lunch, man. He Playoff had... Rondo can't showed up. So playoff Rondo. Yep. <laughs> like he got a cape. <laughs> yep. Playoff Rondo. Here he comes. You know. It, it was just too much for Damian Lillard. So Damian I was bumped for 82 to... games, but now I'm going to do something. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, Damian Lillard going to have to, you know, stay out of the studio this summer. He's going to have to think of something else, man. <laughs> you know, he's going to have to. Put his, put his pad and pin up, man. You yeah, need he's going to have to put the pad man. and pin up. Yep. And it's it's not all on Damian, man. That the rest of that team around him, you know, with the exception of McCullough, that dude is real. But everybody else, man, they need to just go ahead and figure out what they're gonna do or trade Damian Litter somewhere where he can have a chance to win. You know, they're they're I, a I I think they're a slightly better version of the Toronto Raptors. Yes, perfect. They're the West yep. Coast Toronto Raptors. Ah. Exactly, they are West Coast Toronto Raptors. Yep. You're right about that. Your backcourt is pretty good, but outside of that, you know, you ain't really, you ain't really ain't got nothing coming, man. Got nothing coming, exactly. Well, that will uh, conclude our NBA segment of uh, Rock the Magnificent podcast, man. Ian, this was amazing, man. Oh man, not a problem, man. Not I appreciate problem. you stopping through. For those uh, who don't know, check out. The Vibes and Stuff podcast. You go on Anchor. You can look it up right on Anchor. Type in Vibes and Stuff. What are the topics uh, in that you've discussed in the past? Maybe wept the wept the uh, fans' appetites a little bit. So, so the last podcast we did. Uh, I'm actually editing episode four right now. It hasn't dropped yet, but episode three we covered the crew. We covered our top five picks for our personal favorite lyricists. Strictly talking pin game. We're not talking discographies, influential rappers, strictly their pen game and lyrics. Who's the most tenacious? Who's the most proficient lyricist in the game? Uh, we've covered, uh, you know, why do female MCs seem to not have st- as much staying power in the game as male MCs? 
We've covered our dead rappers that we idolized really as good as we remembered. Mm. Um, we've covered, um, uh, we, we gave our, our analysis of the Childish Gambino video. We touched on artists that we were once big, big fans of, but for whatever reason, we've had to call it quits on. Um, several different topics, man. We're going to do album verse album debates. We got one coming up where we're debating which album you personally think was better, Little Brothers The Listening or Slum Village's Valium 2. So hopefully oh, that's, that's a, good a good one. Okay. All right. So y'all heard it here first. Check out my boy Ian's podcast, Vibes and Stuff. This Appreciate is Magnificent. Oh, no problem, man. And to uh, stay tuned, I'm going to conclude the show with a few more segments. And then, um, again, thanks for tuning in. Peace. Peace out. the smooth sounds of Robert Glasper, the experiment featuring Kay Trinata, the mega producer from Toronto. The name of that track was Find You. And uh, you can get that on Spotify or iTunes. A nice mixture of music, nice smooth music for your ears. Definitely. That was my surprise for you, my musical surprise. I'm always never letting you guys down. If you guys follow me on Snapchat or Instagram, you know I do my night sessions. And definitely, that was definitely a night session track um, that I just played. Night session worthy, basically. So, hope you enjoyed that track. I'm going to get into the final part of my segment. I'm going to be very short, brief, and to the point. I wanted to talk about in our segment, I don't care about, I don't care about rap music, right? And I, 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 li- I, I like to listen to it. You know, I, I've had my share of rap albums for those who know me well, but um, I've kind of branched off from that over the last you know, long time. It's been a, been a while. Uh, so, but at the same time, I'm really impressed with the hip-hop doctor now the hip-hop doctor you're you're wondering who that is well the hip-hop doctor is this lady and she happens to perform surgeries on patients and while she's performing surgery on these patients she's making hip-hop videos in the process sounds fun doesn't it sounds really fun but unfortunately it turned out to be to her detriment i'm going to say the name and i want you to remember this name now i would not suggest looking up this video because She was real disrespectful for some of the things she put on. But her name was Dr. Wendell Davis Bout or 
booty or whatever. Uh, she posts videos of herself dancing around patients to hip hop tunes. For example, there was one where she was slicing open a patient with a whatever scalpel, whatever. And the song Cut It by OT Genesis. For those who never heard the song, please don't go back and try to play it. But the object of the song is basically talking about cutting marijuana. But in this case, she used it as far as cutting patience. And she's dancing in the background. So here's what I have a problem with. Even though it's comedy, um, it was I thought it was pretty funny, you know, when I first heard the story. But then it made me also think about this: Is she, when she sits down with these patients before she does these surgeries, is she telling them that she's going to make these performances or do these performances during her surgery? And are are they okaying this? Well, absolutely not, because as a result, she is facing charges because she's guilty of alleged malpractice. Uh, a lot of these patients are left with permanent brain damage as a result of her hip hop videos. So man, please, please stay away from hip hop doctors. They're fun to watch, but you don't want to have surgery by them. And Dr. Wildo Davis, uh, you get the donkey of the week. Also, other news that I don't care about, but I'm going to share it with you anyway, because you might not care about it, but I care enough to share with you. For those who might not know, Roseanne Barr had lost her job because of some racist tweets that she said about a person that was in office during Barack Obama's presidential um, run in the U.S. And it was pretty, pretty offensive. Very, very offensive what she had tweeted. I'm sure if you don't know by now, she did um, put it on wax via Twitter. And um, it, was, it was pretty offensive. She apologized later about the offensive tweet. Um, that she said about Valerie Jarrett. But um, it was too little, too late. As she was canceled off ABC after her show was ranked number one for weeks since her re-debut of her uh, show that she got so popular for in the 90s. Um, now, because of what she said, she will not be returning to ABC. She lost her job. She was canceled. And that was pretty much it. Now, I don't want to repeat what Valerie, um, what she said about Valerie Jarrett. And I never heard of Valerie Jarrett until this story had got broadcasted. But, man... I'm going to just say this. 
we as people that view television and, and, and even with Bill Cosby when it comes to Bill Cosby too we get so caught up in the character but you gotta remember they're, dis they're a character in disguise that's who they are on the show we don't see what's happening behind closed doors we don't know that person behind closed doors so it's important for us not to get so attached that we start to poison our own thinking or numb our own thinking by being apologetic for people who make bad mistakes because they had a TV show that you love so much. It's very, it's very important that we get out of that. We, we just need to stop being apologists, not only for Roseanne Barr, and I'm sure there's not a lot of apologists for her, and there's not an apologist for, there, there are a few apologists out there still for um, Morgan Freeman, Bill Cosby. But remember, don't get sucked into these people because it's going to happen where they're going to do something that you don't agree with and you get your heart broken. And that's what you have to do as fans, as observers watching TV. Just, just don't do it. Also, Star Wars. In other news that I don't care about. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Star Wars. I watched all the Star Wars up until this point. But the one Star Wars movie I haven't seen yet is Solo. And Solo grossed $83 million at the box office during a three-day weekend, which was a huge disappointment in comparison to their other Star Wars movies. Now, a lot of it has to do with the blame being forced on Star Wars, quote-unquote, fatigue. People were fatigued from the last Star Wars, The Last Jedi, which came out in December, and now we have to watch another Star Wars movie. Now, we're used to Star Wars movies being spaced out. Like, we won't see another Star Wars movie to... Now, now lately, they've been coming out with one every year, but even back then, back in our day, it will be every three years a new Star Wars movie come out. And I feel like Star Wars overload has finally taken over the United States to the point where it's like, okay, we don't care anymore. Like, you already took us back with Rogue One, took us back. Um, so we don't need to revisit Solo. You know, I, I just don't... I, I, I didn't get excited when I first saw the previews for Solo. I never got excited, and I also didn't get excited about the person that's playing Solo, which many fans were skeptical about him and were uncertain about the uh, this mall of a few, few filmmakers of that uh, movie that were that kind of left the crew. Um, so, uh, Lord and Miller, who were very were were very instrumental in previous Star Wars projects, dropped out before this solo project. So there are a lot of factors, and on top of that, it came out a week after Deadpool, and Deadpool took half their money because they made forty six million that same weekend. So just bad promotion, bad timing. I don't think. You know, I haven't seen Solo yet. I plan on seeing it. I don't think it was that bad. I don't think it's going to be that bad of a Star Wars movie. I've been, I got a lot of avid Star Wars fans as friends, and they're the ones that always put me on notice that if they don't like the movie, I'm going to like it. So I base it off that. They're, I, they're hardcore Star Wars fans that love 
certain Star Wars movies, and those fans that love those Star Wars movies, I watch them and I don't like them. So when I watch a, when I get a fan that says I didn't like that Star Wars movie, I come back around, I watch it, and I say, man, it's not that bad. So I base it off that expectation. But it's a bad sign when none of my friends who are huge Star Wars fans have not said a word about the movie or even posted anything from social media saying that they saw Solo. I don't care. I don't care about Solo. And finally, you heard it here first. My NBA Finals prediction. I think that the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to make this a interesting series, more than a lot of people think. I don't think their backs are that much against the wall against Golden State. People pretty much expect Golden State to win this series. Many people are saying sweep. Some people are saying five. I'm saying six. So I think Golden State is going to win this series in six games in Cleveland. And that will be the end of the LeBron James story in Cleveland. Possibly. I'm not going to put that on wax. But I'm definitely putting what I said above that on wax. And for my final segment, I'm just saying... Stop acting like y'all not going to watch the NBA Finals. Because, now, I'm, I, some of you who follow me on Snap are not big sports people. So, I'm sure none of y'all care, which is cool. I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about the ones that do care about the NBA. I'm talking about the ones that say, oh, Houston and Boston didn't make it, so I'm not going to watch it. But, let LeBron James win game one in Oracle. Let him win game one. Even if he come in and surprise people and win game two of that series. Everybody and their mama going to be watching the rest of the finals. Because you know why? Everyone wants to see Golden State lose. And there are people that want to see LeBron lose. So people are going to watch. So stop acting like you're not going to watch the finals. You're going to watch it. There's nothing else on. And finally... The LeBron James, Michael Jordan argument. All I got to say about that is this. Michael Jordan not only is six for six, he led the league in steals three times. He led the league in steals. He, he led the league in steals. Um, he actually had two seasons where he had over 200 steals and 100 blocks. LeBron's never done that. He has 10 scoring titles. LeBron has one. He has a Defensive Player of the Year award. LeBron has none. He has, he's made it first team all defense. Nine times. LeBron, only six. I haven't even mentioned anything about six for six yet. I just ran off a nice little list for you. And I'm going to throw this in there. LeBron took two years off. Well, I would say a year and a half off from basketball. So all the accomplishments that LeBron is doing that he did in a 15-year span, he's trying to do duplicate that in a small time span that Michael Jordan has done. Michael Jordan has done everything that LeBron James has done except rebound the ball well and assist 
in less years, in less time than LeBron James. Think about that. Think about that. Also, for those who said Mike never carried a team because he had Pippen, go back to the 98 season if you ever get a chance and watch that Pacers series. Watch that NBA Finals against the Utah Jazz. Pippen was not 100%. He was hurt. He barely averaged 16 points a game in that series. Tony Kukoc only averaged 12 points a game in that series. Everyone else was averaging single digits. That's, that don't sound like a lot of help to me. But people would be saying, oh, he had Pippen. He had Horace. He had Rodman. There were times in a lot of those NBA finals, and I would say 93 is one of them, of Pippen in his prime. Couldn't hit a shot. But Michael Jordan scored almost every point in the fourth quarter of that game six against the Phoenix Suns. And who hit the game winner? John Paxson, right? Yeah. But if it wasn't for Michael Jordan, John Paxson wouldn't be in that position to win that NBA Finals. So for all those that say, oh, Mike doesn't. And then the clutch shot thing. Yeah, LeBron James had more clutch shots buzzer beaters in the you know playoffs than Michael Jordan true but how many did he have in the finals oh oh wow I can't hear you huh none oh okay all right again ain't mentioned I haven't mentioned six for six yet I ain't even got to that point yet so, please, LeBron fans, stop making this an argument. You guys want him to be better than Mike so bad, but what y'all doing right now is disrespecting LeBron James. Stop disrespecting LeBron James and let him be him. Let him live his legacy. His legacy's not finished yet. Let's see what happens when his chapter is closed. Then you make the judgment of whether or not he's better than Mike because it is still going on. And I'm going to throw this in there. Mike was 6'6". LeBron James is a freight train. He's 6'8". 270 pounds of all muscle. He's supposed to be dominant. Michael Jordan is in a regular two-guard body. A lot of people, there's a lot of players that's his structure, that's his build that's in the league right now and don't have the longevity that Mike had. Mike was just a special player. Every player in every decade are special in some kind of way. And years from now, people are going to look at the next star that's going to take over the NBA and going to say, this guy is better than LeBron. So please, LeBron fans, don't celebrate so far yet, so early yet. Don't worry. LeBron's going to go be under attack, and you're going to be defending LeBron for the rest of your life. So please, stop making this an argument because it's not. I'm just saying. Thanks for tuning in to the Rod the Magnificent podcast. I also would like to thank Ian from Vibes and Stuff for dropping by. He put on a great show, great insight. Look forward to seeing you not next week because next week is my anniversary. So I'm going to be dedicating my whole week to my lovely wife, Danita. All of y'all know her. And so um, I'll be celebrating my anniversary, but I will be back the week after. And by that time, I think we should be 
done with the NBA Finals. You get all my recap. Also, news that you don't care about. And again, I thank you so much for joining the Rod the Mad Podcast. I will see you later. Don't forget to download Kate Trinata and Robert Glasper. Peace out.